1: Jay
0: Severin. Well, it was a much superer
2: Tuesday than we expected, yes? And that makes this, or at least gives us the opportunity to make this a much superer Wednesday than you might have expected. Though, I know you expect a lot. Excelsior! Excelsior! Welcome back, best and brightest, my friends. I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network. We are together the Blaze Radio Network. one eight, 900 3393 I look forward to your calls. I invite them whenever you like. I'll tell you when I like. All the time is when I like. one 900 3393 Kind of like if you were dating Britney Spears in her prime, and she said, is tonight good for you? Honey, you don't have to ask me that, any, just to, you know, to save your breath. It's, just so you know, we have a standard answer for certain things. one 888 900 And via Twitter, all your messages are hungrily read and digested. Many of them are responded to. Some of them are read on the air. All of them greatly valued. Here's how they arrive. At J-A-Y, little underscore doohickey, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. Oh, yeah, this is something I have to do that I forgot. Let me just do this real quick. That's done. Okay, good. Because I wanted to look at some of my tweets from last night, which were intended to be uh, inclusive of show notes for today. Because I was busy telling the future last night, and uh, some of it still holds up as breaking news. But nothing unusual about that. So it is Super Wednesday, because yesterday was actually a more Super Tuesday than we anticipated and it was because yesterday's primary results were exciting and significant, even if they were, in large part, to many of us, disappointing. I, I, I say, I'll explain in a moment, If I don't think I probably need to, but I, I'm starting now to explain why significant and why disappointing. Significant because... On the Democrat side, which is really, in a way, it could be argued to be the headline, is what's happening on the Democrat side and what continued to happen last night and what it means, what it could mean. But we're going to shade this choice. Uh, We're going to have this argument with ourselves because I had it with myself and I overruled me and that's going to be mentioned but not first <clears throat> yesterday's primary results were significant and to a large degree for many of us disappointing because many of us were waiting for Lazarus you know your you know your bible even if you don't you're familiar with any Christian doctrine, just, just having stumbled into it, maybe unawares, you know who Lazarus is? All right, for people under 30 listening, the Bible is, <laughs> okay, uh, Lazarus is a dude that, well, let's just say came back from the dead. I don't know, am I remembering this correctly? Did Lazarus rise from the dead? I think he did. So here I am mocking people, and I'm not sure that I remember it correctly. I'm pretty sure Lazarus uh, arose from the dead. In any case, even if I'm wrong about that, uh, the principle I mean it to illustrate, and in case I'm wrong about that, I'll use his cousin, Mazarus. Okay. Let's say Mazarus, in case I'm wrong, rose from the dead. And Ted Cruz, by virtue of his conversation, his blockbuster interview, his fireball on the Glenn Beck show yesterday morning on the Blaze Radio Network, jolted the entire country who's paying attention to politics. The entire country who's paying attention to politics, which means anybody you probably know or want to, is paying some attention to the Civic Circus Maximus. Uh, It jolted the entire civics world, didn't it? Because we thought we had joyfully, unexpectedly, a gift of Lazarus returning from the political dead, or maybe Mazarus, returning from the political dead. And that made many of us, those of us who have supported Ted Cruz or even Tom Cruz, made us hopeful. We were waiting last night for the second part of the miracle, you know, such as it is, was, could be. And uh, as it turns out, we weren't waiting for Lazarus. We were waiting for Godot. Now, that one I'm not going to get into. Uh, I do want you to appreciate the point, and almost all of you, we in this audience, do. If you don't, it's you have my permission to Google it. You could find out the cheap way. You can substitute for not paying attention in class by hitting the cell phone and finding out about waiting for Godot. Uh, In short form, Godot is the awaited fellow traveler who never arrives. And last night, if you were waiting for Ted Cruz, Mazarus, or Tom Cruise, neither one showed up as a result of the Nebraska primary. As a matter of fact, uh, Trump crushed everywhere again and that's significant and disappointing because it means we're unlikely to see Ted again in an electoral circumstance you know I don't think I think Ted I I just think maybe you get to do this once like try to come back from the dead once I just don't know if you get to do this again in an electoral circumstance that does not mean I mean, again ted's too smart he knows all of this and he's way ahead of me and he may not again and almost certainly won't try to re-enter the political sphere in a, in a primary again in this election but that doesn't mean the the election is over as we've been discussing for a couple of weeks We think, I mean, I think, and I I know many of us agree with me, that the matter of the primaries being over may not be underplayed. I'm sorry, may not be overplayed. But the matter of the nomination being decided is being overplayed. I don't think Donald Trump has the nomination locked up. I mean, obviously, in literal numbers, he does not. But, you know, and so we can let it rest there. Until he gets 1237... It is not legitimate for the mainstream media to be reporting this as though Trump has won it. He hasn't won dong. But he is winning. And if he gets to 1237, then the only way out of that, if you don't want Trump, and the circumstance under which you would again see Ted, is that there'd be a challenge somehow somehow the rnc would radically rip you know some of the internal organs out of the republican body politic and change the rules and say yeah this majority thing was fun for 175 years but we're going to try something new we're going to go for 3 out of 4 delegates in order to get the nomination they'd have to do something which is an enormous, historic, and very dangerous roll of the dice. And it may or may not be worth doing, and I have no idea that the, 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 at this point the nature and degree of risk that they are willing to take to stop Trump or whether they have decided that for a number of probably nefarious reasons they're better off just shutting up, appearing to get behind Trump, or maybe actually getting behind him because it's it's beginning to strike them that if they don't run a robust campaign, they're not really going to hurt Trump so much as they're going to lose the House and the Senate. They're going to lose the down ticket races all the way down to Dog Catcher in Xenia, Ohio. And they don't want to do that. So they... They don't have lots of choices here. I mean, as we look at it at this moment. But as we've looked at every moment as of this moment, the moment has changed pretty radically. So last night was a big deal, and even bigger when you consider what's happening on the other side, which in a moment we will.
1: This is Jay Severin. Severin On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Welcome back, partners and friends, and what partners I have on the Blaze Radio Network. uh, Jessica writes, "Waiting for Godot like waiting for Guffman." Exactly, exactly. Good one, Jessica. And I really like. I can't have time to explain the Legion literary references we drop on this show in a desperate attempt to seem erudite. So exactly, waiting for Guffman, one triple eight nine hundred three three nine three to the phones in a moment, two partners on the phone. um that's not my indirect way of telling you we have one line open. I'm just letting you know uh we're we're there in a second uh but first, this very quickly, so I'm not going to read Ted differently today than I read him yesterday. The Severin doctrine read on what Ted said to Glenn yesterday morning was not the narrow read, which is, "I'll get back in if I win Nebraska, but only if I win Nebraska," and I believe that 90 percent, 95, 98. Hold on, it could go higher. 98.6 of the mainstream media and others misunderstood miss-slash-understood what Ted said to mean the former. uh, If I win Nebraska, I'll stay in. No. What Ted said was, if there's a path to victory, parenthetically and sub-Rosa, either via a win in Nebraska tonight or any other thing, meteorites, wild fluctuations in the stock market the discovery of Jimmy Hoffa's body with the Donald Trump's name attached to the receipt from Donald Trump for killing him, you know, in his pocket, they buried him in the Meadowlands, you know, short of that. No, look, what Ted said was, I'll get back in if I can win. And again, until the moment that, that not when Trump gets 1237, because the party could still make, can still render that number meaningless if it wants. Yes? So until the party holds Donald Trump's hand aloft at the podium and gavels down bang bang Donald Trump is hereby confirmed as the Republican nominee, you know, of this party until that moment until the party declares him the nominee officially and bangs the gavel on that or bangs a gong, get it on, bangs a gong. Until that moment, that means Ted can still get in because Trump doesn't have it until the party says he has it. And though 1237 probably means that, you got a lawyer this one. If it were in a contract, it wouldn't say, you know, you get a new car. We're awarding you a new Chevy Malibu on the day that you are the Republican nominee. And then the, when the, he wins the California primary, uh, Trump goes over 1237 and he calls up his Chevy dealer. And Sarah says, where's my Malibu at? And and even a, a bad lawyer would get on the phone and say, "Uh uh-uh, we didn't say upon the acquisition of 1237. We said upon the formal acquisition of the nomination. And those are two different things, and they are two different things, which is why, according to what Ted said yesterday, Ted Cruz is still in this thing, if only in theory. A lot of Republicans are beginning to agree. We'll get to that in a moment. Steve from Boston, welcome.
1: Hello, Jay. It is a, it's a distinct honor to be on a, a call with you here. Um, My pleasure, sir. Fan, yeah, I've been a big fan of yours ever since your days when you were in Boston on the radio, and uh, luckily I found you a few months ago um, on the Blaze, and I've been listening um, pretty religiously through the podcast. And uh, excellent. So, like,
2: a religious figure is how I prefer to be thought of, so that's that's
1: good, okay, yeah, I got one question for you first about your bumper music. I know you can't play mainstream stuff any anymore, but what was that song? can't play you used anything to play? can't play anything commercial. What was that song that you used to put on though I, I i I looked for it a couple of times. I couldn't dig it up. It was a blues song it was about cooking and starts off with this this whole rap about cooking and there's some different horns coming in. Mm, about cooking, it was it was like it was kind of comparing, uh, kind of it was a, it was a little riff session, jam session with some musicians. It sounded like blues or jazz.
2: And well, the, I'm afraid I would need to have it narrowed. I don't. I mean, at last count, I believe I had 467 bumpers.
1: Oh, well, and, I thought it was just uh, one of your favorites.
2: <laughs> but I guess well, I, I, I it sounds like I cooking. I don't I. I can't think of, I mean, although cooking, along with uh, cheating women, the rent can't be paid, two minutes. Uh, the lights going off, my baby done left me, uh, in, are all standard blues memes. I don't know. And the cooking could be, too, but it I just a, don't recall one. It was a warm-up. I think we better get on to something else because I think, yes. I think I'm not going to be able okay. to help you in this category.
1: All right, fine. So Jay, um, I was thinking yesterday, or listening to the podcast from yesterday, and you know, hearing how excited you were, you were giddy um, that that it, you know Cruz may come back into the race if the you know the right opportunity showed itself, and you know it was a I think a few days ago Rocky was was uh, also you know looking for a string of hope, and you know the notion to me uh, came across you know the, the the way I compare this is. Um, it's kind of like when your girlfriend breaks up with you, and you know you go back. A week. As
2: aforementioned, my baby done left me.
1: Right, <laughs> and then and then you think you have a chance for some reason, like she you know calls you or sends you a little letter that's something, and then all of a sudden you think you have a chance and you get very excited. And she's like, "No, we're not getting back together." I don't know why you're thinking we're getting back together. Not a right, chance in health. Right, right. So I just want to tell that to anybody who thinks. You know, Cruz has any chance. I understand what you were just saying about, you know, the convention. But in your
2: estimation, in your estimation, it's time to wake up because our baby done left
1: us. Our baby done left us. Um, I'm I'm supporting Trump. And I know even waiting for a caller to come in and, and, you know, defend that. that, uh, Actually,
2: look, I hope you can make better use if you elect to use it of the next few minutes than the last few minutes, dude. But stay if you like. Quick break.
1: Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. The
2: Jay Severin show and partners hundred three three nine three on the Blaze Radio Network and partners include though you know what it's like to be relocated to be relegated in the Barclays Premier Soccer League in uh, the UK Steve No I do not All right well, you're flirting with relegation. We can look it up later. <clears throat> uh, treat the next minute or two like you're a hostage, and this is the only minute or two you're going to get with your loved ones. This is your hostage video. No, seriously. What? Since we can't satisfy your uh, musical curiosity, where where do we go from here?
1: All right. Well, you've been begging for a Trump supporter to uh, call. Actually,
2: online. I've Sorry. been begging for nope. I've been begging for someone who is steadfastly opposed to trump just steadfastly opposed to trump even if he's you know ends up being the nominee and thus will directly or indirectly be supporting hillary clinton to tell me why they would refuse under those circumstances to vote for the nominee of of what is probably their party but that doesn't disqualify you Uh, Uh uh, go ahead I'm, i'm eager to hear from any anybody Okay, I'm voting well, for Trump my... if he's the nominee. I, you know, Great, I mean, well... I've, always, I've always known what my bumper sticker is. My talent in life is, is the dubious distinction. It's the reduction of an entire philosophy to a bumper sticker because I had to be able to do that for my clients. Because uh, if you can't reduce who you are, why you're running, or, or why you're opposing the other fellow to a bumper sticker, you can't win. And I know my bumper sticker, which is no dem
1: well, that's not my so, bumper sticker. My bumper sticker. No, I'm not suggesting think,
2: it is or ought to be. I'm just telling you. So you're welcome as, as a Trump a, supporter uh, or any other supporter. So go ahead.
1: Right. Well, he, here's what, Here's where I was at. I, I uh, have se- secretly been supporting Trump and rooting for him since the beginning. But you persuaded me to vote for Ted Cruz in Massachusetts uh, primaries. And, and so that's that was what I wrote down for the primary. Um, well, I'm, however, I'm, I'm glad. Yeah, so... Now um, I'm coming out of the closet a little bit with, you know, on Facebook <laughs> with my, my friends um, and, you know, more openly supporting Trump um, because, because, you know, yes, I, I agree with all the reasons that you have said about, you know, what's the alternative Hillary and, and, and the uh, Supreme Court and so forth. But I also believe that, you know, I've been frustrated a lot with, um, you know, the, the whole mad as hell and not going to take it anymore sentiment. Uh, from the past oh, 20 years and and you know the last couple of years with the riots and you know um, you know black lives matter and and um you know not being able to call you know radical islam radical islam and and there's just a whole bunch of things the money that comes in and you know how our government is kind of bought and paid for with elections yeah, yeah. and and uh, may I guess you you are a
2: guy who for a variety of reasons which may or may not match exactly the schematic overlay of other Trump supporters, have in common with them at least one thing. You believe things to be need to be... First of all, you believe that, again, this is my supposition, you believe that the country is seriously on the wrong track, that it's a critical time, and that things need to be really shaken up. And you believe yes. that Trump is not merely deserving of your vote because he ain't Hillary Clinton, but because you believe he's the only candidate in this race who would truly shake things up? Yes. So do I get some, do I get, do I win
1: anything for this? Do
2: I get like a box of candy or anything?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't, you win, you you definitely, I know you get it, Jay. (laughs) And I (laughs) kind of, one other thought I've been having about you Um, when I've been listening to you all along for the last three or four months, is that I think you've been secretly rooting for Trump, too. And I think you're just afraid to admit it to yourself and to the people that you work with um, because, you know, you're a conservative, and I understand you have a lot of you know reasons not to like Trump. But I think you've been secretly rooting for him all along. It's an
2: interesting theory. I mean, I, I, uh, I did put the psycho in Psycho Historian. But I am not one. So I, I, you know, the minute you say to me, I think you've been secretly doing X, even though you may not know it. Well, clearly, if I don't know it, then I don't know it. So I can't <laughs> speak to it. But uh, I haven't secretly been doing anything, as a matter of fact. I mean, again, that I know of. But, but maybe, doctor, you know, you see things I don't see about, about me. But... As far as me is concerned, I've been telling what I believe to be the truth, which is hard on a lot of days. Yeah, uh, because I my my position, even within with I, I think to some degree with some of my own colleagues, I don't mean on air colleagues necessarily. But I mean, even among the org, my organization here at The Blaze, I think my position, such as it is, has been uh, misunderstood. I know I'm I I think maybe I'm known in certain quarters as the Trump guy and I you know, I'm I'm the never going to vote for Hillary guy. And if there's more to that than that, then your psychoanalysis will have to be the source, Uh, because Mm -hmm. all I know is I decided where I was pulling the handle uh, and how a long time ago. Like when I turned 18. Well, it's not so I, that long ago, but I mean, you
1: know. and you've been very, very uh, thorough in explaining where you're coming from and your support for Cruz, and I, I I understand that. And yes, I just think that you did mention one time having the devil on one of the shoulders and the angel on the other, and yeah. a little fight. I going just on I in- just
2: said I just said that that little mm-hmm. devil was just or angel was just speaking now when said things need shaking up, the country's going to down the crapper, and you know which candidate would actually. Uh, be able to win and change things. And that's the thing. I think a lot of people who are opposed to Trump haven't decided yet whether they're opposed to him because he can't win or because he can. I think a lot of people right. will tell you, well, guy can't win. And you say to him, you know, well, if I could, I would say to that person, really? So that's why you that's the principal reason you oppose Trump is because he can't win. Suppose I told you that I've been spent a lifetime, successful lifetime in politics, and I think it's, uh, in my professional opinion, it is, it is utterly plausible not only that Trump could win, but could win in a landslide. You know, which are you more afraid of? Not you, you know, but who, who are the never Trumps? What are they most afraid of? That Trump can't win? Or that he can.
1: Well, Jay, thank you for giving me these next these last two three minutes. I hope I earned your. Uh, <laughs> no, I just <laughs> I, wanted I us to focus. I, it's my fault. Let, I hope that I made it back on the team, and at least I'm a private. Uh, I just want to make a little shout out for my dad, who was a prisoner of war in World War II, captured by the Germans. Wow! And and he escaped. So hopefully, uh, oh wow, where, uh, where where in the uh, South Pacific? No, he was in germany he he was captured in italy and then he was in a prison i believe in germany uh and he and three other um prisoners uh hid in a bale of hay and then um you know sort of scooted out at night and then made their way up to paris and had a good time for a few days out there and, I'll bet. until they reported back you must be so
2: pr- you must be so proud uh, I, and as we are thankful for him very proud Steve, thank you so very much. You come back soon. Uh here on the Blaze Radio Network. Skip, I didn't quite hear you. Tell me again. J dropped. Okay. So uh let me get this back here. Uh I've got to re Someday I've got to learn how to use a computer. It's really gonna help me. I think it's gonna improve the show vastly. Okay, so my notes are back up here. Okay. Trump wins Nebraska. Forget Nebraska. I mean I love Nebraska, but forget Nebraska. That's not the grounds on which Ted's going to reenter. He's going to reenter if ever there's a path to victory. I think intelligent people understand that that is the fair reading of what Ted said to Glenn yesterday morning. So it's actually, as I said yesterday, more encouraging in a way than you can imagine. But we first have to imagine a path to victory, or Ted does anyway. I don't say that that's likely to occur. I'm not arguing that's likely to occur. I hope it occurs, but I can't tell you what it is. Actually, I, I have. You know, the the RNC is going to have to yank the the spleen and the and the liver and some other really uh, important organs out of their body uh, in order to change the rules so radically that if Trump gets 1237 they still deny him the nomination. And then of course what happens is Trump walks and takes all his people. And if that happens that right. absolutely guarantees that Hillary Clinton is president uh, because uh, the uh enough Enough people will stay with the Republican Party and the Republican Party cannot be a Republican Party without a nominee is a baker without, you know, muffins in the window in the morning. He's out of business. So both parties are like bakers or hardware store owners. They have to have something in the front window every morning like cable news. So if there's no news, they'll take a shark sighting and they'll make it the lead story because they have to have something in the window of the store well the republicans are if donald trump gets 1237 they're either putting donald trump in the window or they're breaking the window and for them they regard that as a problem either way however it leads us to two questions where do we go what are we to do what are we to think Whither ted equals whither me Whether you or a lot of us. But the second question is, is there some sign on the horizon that suggests that the Republican establishment is starting to change its mind? There are two answers to that. One is the behavior of Republicans, which in a moment I'll mention to you. And the other one is why tomorrow is Super Thursday. It's the big summit between Donald Trump and speaker ryan and the very way that any of us puts that meaning do you say trump's going to meet with ryan or ryan's going to meet with trump and what news media that's reporting it which is all of it what are they saying are they saying ryan meets with trump or trump meets with ryan it's a telltale it's important and whichever it is Is going to tell us the result, even though, as I'll bet you already know, the outcome of this meeting tomorrow has already been decided.
1: Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Is the Jay Severin Show. And partners on the Blaze Radio Network, Susan from the great state of Wyoming. Welcome.
3: Thank you, Jay. My pleasure.
2: What's on your mind, Susan?
3: Here's a question to you. And this is one that my friends are asking me now that Senator Cruz is out of the race. No, he's not not out, but he's... He's suspended well, yes, and suspended his right. campaign. Right. Um, they say, well, you can't vote for Hillary, and that's true, but how can I vote for someone that totally opposes all my values in order not to vote for someone that totally opposes all of my values?
2: Well, I would say that if, follow me here, if, okay. in fact you have substantial evidence that there is such a candidate, i.e., that opposes all of your fundamental values, then I would say I don't understand why you have the slightest hesitation in supporting Hillary.
3: And I but can't there, is support no, Hillary. there is
2: no candidate I, I know of that opposes your values because it can't be Trump because... No. All all you can do is suspect that Trump opposes all your values because you don't have evidence. I mean, I l- look, one of the guys I love most in the world, although I don't look at him quite that way, is Rocky, as you know. I have a tweet here from Rocky okay. that says, "I don't really believe many of us are rooting for an anti-constitutional, anti-conservative blowhard egomaniac." Never. Rocky's got the last two correct. Blowhard and egomaniac, there is substantial evidence to support the claim that Donald Trump is both of those things. I invite anyone to introduce me to, because I, I need to know, introduce me to the evidence, not suspicion, not tea leaves, not aches in your knee, but introduce me to the evidence that Trump is anti-constitutional and anti conservative he's not as he's not as articulate in support not as affirmatively articulate in support of the constitution not nearly so as i would want my ideal candidate to be but that's very different than anti-constitutional and though he is not affirmatively supportive nearly as i would like my ideal candidate to be in terms of conservatism uh, that's very different than being anti-conservative now, Susan, we're running out of time, but since since I, too, am a blowhard, and I took up all of your time, I hope you will be kind enough to stick with us so we can discuss this in just a moment. On The Blaze.
3: Jay
1: Severin. On The Blaze Radio Network.
2: Back in the real world, I am yours truly, Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Ready? Very toss. Welcome back, my radio family, my dear friends. And you are, I am Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network, One triple eight nine hundred three three nine three. 900 3393 one 900 3393 Your tweets are read, digested, responded to, read aloud on the air, many of them, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. On a point of personal privilege, if I may, When I was a younger man, I was a, uh, no matter what word I use, it's going to sound pretentious. So I've given up trying to find one that isn't. But the correct term is mountaineer. The pedestrian term is mountain climber. The unpretentious term, I'm still searching for. But that's what I did in my spare time and thanks to a loving understanding young family I spent a lot of time with my best friend uh, in a lot of high places Uh, in Europe uh, Iceland uh, American Rockies uh, uh, and uh, almost lost my life several times and was never happier doing so i mean i've I've been lucky i've you know you fall in love a few times if you're lucky truly in your life, and I've been lucky in love because I love my family even before we were a whole family and i so I'm lucky on that side, and I'm lucky because in terms of any outside love you could have the first time. I almost died climbing a mountain, or uh, Chilukanook as Sherpas say. Chilukanook is a word that means, I am almost dead. And Sherpas utter it after they have survived a near-death experience, and they strip naked and dance and roll in the snow and throw snow on each other, and they shout, Chilukanook I am almost dead. The first time that I had the right to shout Chalukanuk, I was truly in love, truly hooked. Anyway, that's why I mention. that's why I didn't ask your indulgence for this point of personal privilege. Was last year or two years ago now, there was an epic earthquake in the Himalayas and it changed the face of, of the topography physically changed the mountains the passes the formation of the rocks we know for a fact the kumbu icefall on Everest which is probably the most dangerous part of the climb we know because we could see it we could observe it through field glasses and telescopes and satellite we know that that was completely changed like God had reached down and just you know just punched with a fist, just just punched the, the great mountains of the world and rearranged them, picked them up like dice and re-rolled them. So the face of them was literally changed. The passes, the fixed ropes that had existed for many years, the fixed routes that people took up Ever- Everest uh, pretty much probably no longer existed, but nobody knew. Because nobody went higher than the bottom of the Kumbu Icefall in the last year or two. No one's climbed Everest since the day of that earthquake. And anyone who did was essentially climbing it for the first time. And you know what? You literally were. Because no one has ever before climbed Everest as it is now configured. Because the Kumbu Icefall no longer exists as it did. The Hillary step may no longer exist as it once did. No, not that Hillary. Uh, the, the, the Lhasa Icefall, the, the West Face, the, the, the North Face, no one knows. But we knew that the nature of the damage lower down was so great, it was assumed that the damage was fairly substantial up higher as well. On this, the highest place on Earth what is it 29,935 feet or something i i i got that wrong but it's close the highest spot on earth well last night nine sherpas and god bless them that it was sherpas nine sherpas do you know their last name are all sherpa it's like tom sherpa bill sherpa they're all sherpas uh nine sh- true story Uh, Nine Sherpas summited Everest last night. It's early, too. What is it? No, this is about right. Mid-May. Yeah. No, this is climbing season. you got about a month, uh, a window in which to try certain mountains, Everest uh, and K2 being among them. So the uh, nine Sherpas, in honor of people who died in the quake, that's to whom they dedicated the climb, summited the highest mountain on Earth. Not the hardest to climb, but the highest on earth, last night. And they really did it for the first time. And I can't wait to see pictures and I hope video and read about it and have them describe how different, or not, I mean, we, we know it is. In in a lot of places, but we, you know you get what I'm saying. So they, it's really as if they did it for the first time, and it took enormous guts and beautiful spirit, and um, congratulations to Mr. Sherpa, 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 and their companion, Mr. Sherpa. 1-888-900-3393. To them I say... Not Costoma not not but Costomaja. Which in Sherpa means oh what fun. That's what I say every day before we start this show and during it. Costomaja. Costomaja. Susan, are you still there?
3: I am still here. I'm sorry I'm still to still waiting all that for you enjoyed. to convince me why I should vote for Donald Trump. When I am not such Susan, a I have no such an you're going to be
2: disappointed. I have no argument prepared for you or any of us as to why you ought to vote for Donald Trump. I only have an argument prepared as to why you should do whatever you can to make sure Hillary Clinton does not get elected because that's my strategy. That's my bumper sticker, no Hillary, no dem. I don't care if it's b s uh I don't care if it's Bernie or it's Hillary, and uh, we'll talk about that in a moment, but no dem, no democrat
3: is what I care about. I don't have an argument prepared in the affirmative for Donald Trump. Because I I feel like they are two sides of the same coin. If Donald Trump gets elected, I can't say that his Supreme Court picks, other than their... Hillary Clinton has said, oh, Barack Obama would be a great pick. Right. Other than that, I don't think his picks would be very different. because okay. you don't, don't you don't think.
2: We don't know what Donald Trump's Supreme exactly. Court picks would be. Exactly. He's but such a narcissist know, and
3: all about him. He's not going to we gonna do vote. know
2: what, Susan, we do know what okay. Hillary's picks would be. That's the I whole do thing about that this, he's which not is the greatest frustration. That, that
3: doesn't support his narcissistic agenda. Anybody that might make him look bad, he won't nominate. A Mike Lee or a Ted Cruz is never going to stand a chance, ever.
2: I, 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 again, this is to a degree that I hope honors logic and thoughtfulness. this show is a court of law. And okay. there, is, there is opinion and there is evidence and there is fact. You are presenting me with neither fact nor evidence. I appreciate and I'm interested in your opinion. I want to know your opinion. You're telling me your opinion. I'm interested to hear it, but please don't confuse it with evidence or facts. What I'm presenting is evidence and facts. I know I can present to you what Hillary has done. I know every day for 40 years what Hillary Clinton has done. I know who she'll pick. I know what she's done. We know what she'll do. Now, you're right that we don't know what Trump will do. You're right. We don't know. But the choice of an intelligent person between this person I really think could disappoint me and this person I know, I can prove, is predetermined to disappoint me, is a Marxist, is a lifelong communist, is a lifelong domestic enemy of the Constitution of the United States. If the Constitution were a kid on the way to school and Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton both jumped out of the bushes, who would the Constitution be more afraid of? If you were ISIS, who would you be more afraid of? Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? You know, we, we, and you say, well, geez, I, I don't know. You know, I suspect that... Fine. Suspect all you like about Donald Trump. I get it. I get it. I suspect it too. But I know what the other side will do.
1: Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network.
2: I'm Jake Severn you are the best and brightest with some exceptions on the Blaze Radio Network. 188-900-3393. It's funny how no one wants to discuss no one wants to respond to simple questions. If you were ISIS, whose election do you most are you most apprehensive about? If you are ISIS, if you are a terrorist, do you more fear the election of Hillary Clinton Or Donald Trump. So that's national security. Now, how about the economy? Who is going to help people like you, like me? Who is going to do better with the economy in general? A Marxist? Or the obnoxious, narcissistic, yada, 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 Donald Trump? I've never in my life seen so many grown-ups decide that since they don't like someone's personality, they will instead ignore facts. It's it's just like the people I'm speaking with, the Never Trumps that I'm speaking with, are all sticking their fingers in the ears going, I don't hear you, I'm not listening, When we were kids, like we had bunk beds, and I remember that, I remember my, I, I, what was it, my sister, my younger sister would fall on the bed and say, and, and when I bothered her, and she'd start kicking her feet, and she'd say, I, I ain't looking, I ain't looking. Woo, 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 woo. You ain't looking, you ain't looking. Woo, 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 woo. So when I say, give me your top three issues, guess what? Your fellow Americans would say, National defense, you know, national defense slash security. Trump will defend us from terrorism better than Clinton. Trump will build and support the military. He's going to win almost every vote of people in uniform other than minorities and a record number of those because they know which commander in chief they want. As for the national economy, half of the Democrats in this country believe that Trump would be better for the economy. As for appointments to the Supreme Court, no contest. As for illegal immigration, no contest. But, woo, woo, woo,
3: you ain't looking, woo, woo, woo.
2: If you're looking, woo woo, then you you would, we could debate. I'm not saying everybody here. I'm I'm just saying people who are. I'm not, I'm not saying people who are against Trump. God bless you. Be against whoever you like. I'm talking about being stupid. I'm not saying that opposing Trump is being stupid. I'm saying that being stupid is being stupid. And that's why when I had the Trump affirmative hotline open, in fact, it's still open. It will forever be open. The Trump affirmative hotline, one hundred three three nine three. I know it sounds very much like our usual number, one hundred three three nine three. The Trump affirmative action number is for me to learn, is for me to be persuaded why I too ought to directly or indirectly support a known proven Marxist. Because whichever, whether it's Clinton or Sanders, it's a known, proven Marxist. And in terms of what he or she will do, in terms of illegal immigration, in terms of the economy, in terms of crime and punishment, in terms of national defense, in terms of terrorism, in terms of the military, I already know. I already know what they'll do. As opposed to, I've got this other guy who I don't like his hair, and I don't like his attitude, and I could think of a lot of other things I don't like, but one thing I can't do is present you evidence that supports the claim that you know, as in K-N-O-W, know, not suspect, not feel you know, based on evidence and or fact, that Trump is going to be a worse defender of the country, commander-in-chief, worse on the economy, worse on taxes, worse on illegal immigration. You know, you know where the Democrats are. You suspect where Trump is. And again, this is not aimed at Everybody who's opposed to Trump. It's opposed to the people who cannot explain to themselves why they have Trump derangement syndrome. You know, what we do here is dominated by, number one, cheap laughs. Number two, logic, reason. I just want to hear some evidence. I just want to hear an argument. Roger from San Diego. Welcome.
4: Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thank you. Hey, long time listener, first time caller. Thank you, sir. I am,
1: uh, you know, I want to switch gear today
4: uh, after listening to all the callers. <clears throat> A lot of the cycle has been uh, political. I'm an active duty sailor out here in San Diego. Thank you. Petty Officer. Oh, no worries, it's my pleasure. Anyway, um, today. Um, Petty Officer first class Charles Keating Navy SEAL that was killed by ISIS will be landing in San Diego <clears throat> I don't want to really give a location but he's going to be his his body is going to be getting here and there's going to be a few coming from uh to his final resting place uh, you can look this up was a west, online he oh.
2: was a west coast he was a west coast sailor was he
4: Yes he was actually uh his uh parents uh, his family lives here locally yeah he was i don't want to give him right. details yeah no you're, anyway. you're
2: wise not to give the location you're right well you know yeah I, I, we certainly couldn't honor him more i also would mention that a navy seal trainee died in training today
4: he did thank you for pointing that out i read that article it's pretty sad yeah. um some fortunate um you yeah. know uh, Prayers. Gives us some idea
2: a little bit of an idea of what of the nature and magnitude of the training that special operators uh, undergo.
4: I actually work on that base out here. I've been here for about seven years, and uh, just, you know, come in year in and year out, it's a pretty special thing, and being around them, and, you know, couldn't be happier to to, to, to serve with them, not side by side, but with them. Anyway, Roger,
2: um, I, my, my apologies. I have... Uh, five seconds, and therefore must say goodbye, but stay around during the break if you wish.
1: Seven on The Place Radio Network. the blaze radio network and partners on the blaze
2: radio network i want to thank donna donna is uh has been tweeting for a while and her stuff is always smart i have no idea where donna stands i suspect she's basically conservative from my memory of what she has earlier written but i have absolutely no knowledge or insight into where she stands For instance, on this campaign. Donna has written this tweet, and again, without divulging any more than her point, and without divulging where she stands. And that is the point. Here is Donna's message. Quote It's simple. As Jay Severin puts it, you accept one of two major parties will occupy the White House. And thus, you vote either for, I'm sorry, uh, uh, you, you accept that one of two major parties will occupy the White House, the candidate of one of two major parties will occupy the White House. You vote for an unknown over the certainly unacceptable. You vote for the unknown. And I'm not sure that Trump is unknown. I'm not sure that's quite precisely fair to either side, but I'll certainly go with it in context. Donna says, if you accept that either a Republican or Democrat is going to win the White House or whatever you want to call them i don't want to get hung up on party labels right but uh, a product of either the republican or democrat convention will be the, one of the two major will be the two major candidates one of whom will will win and your choice looks to be a veritable unknown versus someone who's absolutely known and in my view in my view totally unacceptable there is debate as to whether Hillary Clinton is totally unacceptable. There is no argument that she is a totally known quantity. And there is no argument, though some people are feebly trying to mount one, that Trump is an absolutely known quantity, just like Hillary. No, he's not. And I admire Donna's tweet again because. It it is simple like her message like mine my posture my position is not complex it's always been the same i announced who i would vote for in this presidential election the first day i was on this job i don't know how many years ago that was i think it may have preceded the last presidential election i think it did and, and i you know i i'm always going to vote the same way I'm going to vote for the candidate who I believe, based on evidence, will do the least damage to the Constitution of the United States, or the least damage to the Constitution of the United States. And in my lifetime, that has meant certainly not the Democrat. So my bumper sticker has thus ever been, Against Democrats. If that changed, I'd change. One thing will never change, can never change with me personally. It's just me. I'm not trying to like strap electromagnet things on you and shock you and and, and torture you and get you to agree with me. I'm just trying to get my position understood. My position has never changed. It's not going to change. No dem. I'm going to vote for the candidate that does the least damage to the Constitution of the United States. And ideally, that will mean no damage to the Constitution of the United States. Derivative thereof, it's going to be the candidate who is going to most best support our military. Return our nation to its prominence as number one world power it's going to rebuild the military is going to lead it is going to let our soldiers and sailors do their jobs is going to be strong in international defense national security against terrorism for the economy for lower taxes against illegal immigration for putting criminals in jail. That's because I'm a conservative. And conservatism, as you know, derives from the Constitution of the United States. So, opposite, ibid, I will and always have and always will, and my position has always reflected, a very simple uh, viewpoint. I'm going to vote for the candidate who does the least damage to the Constitution of the United States. Now, if you had to bet the life of a loved one on the proposition that you had to ascertain which candidate of assuming it's Trump and Clinton, which again could be all wet, maybe it won't be, But assuming for the moment, sake of argument, it's Trump and Clinton, and you had to bet the life of a loved one on the proposition that you had to guess, you had to ascertain in advance, which would do the least violence to the Constitution of the United States. You had to decide right now which candidate of these two would do the least violence. Damage, the least violence to the Constitution of the United States. And you had nothing more to go on than you have right now. Are you really telling me you'd bet on Hillary Clinton? Really? Signs that Republicans, uh, which I mentioned earlier, are starting to coalesce behind Trump include Congressman Peter King of New York. Who has been, who knows Trump well, and has, and hates him, and has, you know, just hated him for years, and opposed him for years, and derided him for years. It's fine. It's the Congressman's opinion. Uh, Peter King said he would quit. Pol- three months ago, I think it was three, four months ago. Peter King said he would drop out of public life. He would resign his seat in Congress if Donald Trump were the Republican nominee. He would sooner. Resign his seat in the Congress of the United States. Then keep it if Donald Trump were the nominee. Today, Peter King says, well, you know, I, I think that uh, there's a chance here we can close the gap. Uh, that I could get behind Donald Trump if he's the nominee. A better known name. Known to us as Little Marco. Rubio said today, though I still agree with, I'm sorry, though I still disagree with some things he stands for, I'll vote for Trump if he's the nominee. That's Marco Rubio, who, by the way, refuses to be, at least he says he refuses to be, considered as uh, Trump's running mate, but he still says, but if he's the nominee, I'll vote for him. Actually, those examples are pretty good examples, but they're not compelling. The reason they're not compelling is that we're hearing about them before tomorrow's summit. And the summit tomorrow is between Speaker of the House Paul Ryan and Donald Trump. And it's very interesting, no matter what side of anything you're on, it's very interesting to watch the news coverage, as usual, and see how the mainstream media is positing this. Like, are they saying Trump will meet with Ryan, or are they saying Ryan will meet with Trump? Because implicit in the way you put that is who's who's coming to whom, do you know? Like, whose meeting is this? And uh, not to get hung up on that, I I just thought it was interesting. But in any case, tomorrow, Ryan and Trump meet. I had a great tweet earlier, and I'm sorry I can't um, now recall from whom I received it, but it was a great question, and that is, what, what's going to happen tomorrow? And the truth is, I don't know. I do know this. I know that the outcome of tomorrow's summit between Ryan and Trump has already been determined. I just don't know what it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be war or peace. I don't know if it's going to be war and peace. Uh, But I do know that it's pretty much been, you know, the die has already much been cast. So we will see. They both need each other. Uh, Trump, if he's the nominee, will certainly need to have any rationale of uh, possible victory he's going to need all the support he can get from whatever the republican party however it's ends up constituted can possibly give him he's also going to need the money not as much as some people tell you but he's going to need money too and hillary's going to have more money than trump and no one really knows if trump is as liquid as he claims to be or whether he's willing to actually you know liquidate and spend a billion dollars uh, or 500 million dollars of his own money. And Ryan needs Trump unless he doesn't. Unless what Ryan is planning to do along with Rince Pubis is you know Break. chop the Republican body politic in half and change the 1237 rule because Trump's probably going to get 1237 before the convention. So nobody really knows yet who needs who more. But I will tell you this about the money part, real quick. They said last night Trump's going to need a billion dollars. No, he won't. Trump's going to need as much as Hillary. No, he won't. You know why? Because Trump is famous, infamous, you might say. But the fact is there's only been one other, there have been two candidates in American political history who could run probably without spending a dollar because they get a million dollars of free publicity every week. The first one was Jesse Jackson, and that was a fraction of what Trump gets. Trump can run feasibly, not necessarily win, but he can run plausibly on a lot less money than the people who don't know what they're talking about are saying.
1: This is Jay Febron on the blaze radio network.
0: It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: On the other side, uh, I'm glad that we have at least enough time to not let this go until tomorrow. Last night, Hillary Clinton lost again. Bernie Sanders beat the snot out of Hillary Clinton again in maybe the most Democrat-behaving, Democrat-voting state in the Union, West Virginia. West Virginia Hillary Clinton lost to Bernie Sanders again. This makes it 10 out of the last 15 for Bernie Sanders. I'm not suggesting the Democrat superdelegates are going to start to pay attention, but I would ask this. If Hillary Clinton is trailing the Republican nominee, whomever that is, and it's, say, mid-July, late july maybe sooner than that if hillary clinton is consistently losing to the republican nominee and bernie sanders continues to beat her in these primaries he can't overtake her in delegates because of the superdelegates cuz the fix is in you know you want a fixed you want a fixed rigged election as some candidates claim well you got it on the democrat side because of the superdelegates Hillary Clinton started with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of delegates already in her pocket. Maybe that's why her ass looks so big. I'm just curious. But uh, I mention all of this on its own weight. Get it? See what I did there? But I mostly mention it to lead up to this. Half of West Virginia. How how many, Jay? Half of West Virginia Democrats said in exit polls last night. 60. That if this turns out to be Clinton against Trump, they will vote for Trump. That's fifty percent of Democrats in West Virginia. If if Trump if 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 Trump could ever win, that would be how. By the way, Doug Schoen, uh I believe to be the smartest political analyst in the business. Uh, he said. To Sean Hannity last night the Clintons are in a panic that's a quote the Clintons are in a panic that the individual state polls that were issued yesterday in the swing states the key swing states Ohio where Trump is ahead uh, in Florida in Pennsylvania that they have the party in a panic they have the Clintons in a panic Doug Schoen says the Clintons have no plan for Trump they're in a panic Either way,
1: we hope so. This is Jay Severin Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network.